All right, so um, as you saw, this is the second week of our sermon series, Baggage. Uh, Muta brought the word last week, um, and really through this series, we're talking about the story, one story in the Bible. Uh, it's in the book of Philemon, so if y'all want to go ahead and start turning there. If you came in and you do not have a Bible this morning, we have some Bibles back here. Miss Kathy has them. If you want to raise your hand, we can get one of those passed out to you. Um, so Philemon is one chapter long. Uh, if you got one of these Bibles, we're going to be on page 647 in there. Otherwise, it's towards the end of your Bible, um, right around the book of Hebrews, just before it, I believe. All right, so um, one of the great things about this kind of sermon series is that everybody that you're around that listens to this, when you um, do something, like, they have to forgive you because they're here listening to this. So, for example, this week, uh, on Friday night, I actually made my wife late for an event on accident. Um, so she was at home with one of the boys. I had one of the boys someplace else. I was taking care of some business. She told me to be home at 7.30. I was not home at 7.30. It was a little later. And so I had to come home. Uh, hey, listen, babe, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think you can still make it on time, but it's really Lewis's fault, and I'm really sorry that this happened. And, and so she had to forgive me. And so also, Lewis, I'm sorry that I threw you under the bus, but it, it was your fault. So um, right now we're just going to recap a little bit about what we talked about last week. Um, to, uh, for those of you who weren't here and aren't familiar with the, the story of Philemon, before I do that, so obviously I have an accent, so I'm going to apologize for something else right quick. Uh, I'm from the South. All of us from the South get this really bad rap about we all talk slow and with a Southern draw. I do not fit that stereotype. I get going. And so, like, my mouth starts moving faster than, than my words sometimes. So uh, once my wife gets back in here, she'll tell me to slow down if I start going too fast. So I apologize for that, and you all have to forgive me. Um, but on the plus side, you'll be the first person to go out and eat lunch. So that's, that's great, right? All right, so... Um, in the book of Philemon, we learn uh, Paul is writing this letter to his good friend Philemon. Um, Paul is under house arrest in Rome, and he's under house arrest for preaching the gospel. Well, while he is there, he meets this man named Onesimus, uh, and he actually leads Onesimus to Christ. Um, Onesimus was actually a slave, though, and his owner was Philemon. So Onesimus runs away from Philemon. Steal some money or, or some sort of uh, uh, property on the way out, and ends up in Rome. He's there because there's a lot of people there. He's trying to, to hide out. Um, while there, he meets Paul. Uh, Paul leads him to Christ while he is in jail. And um, from there, Paul is going to send Onesimus back to Philemon um, in order to, to ask for forgiveness. Um, and so last week we talked about how we need to forgive because Christ has forgiven us. Um, this week we're going to talk about how we can, some steps we can take in order to forgive someone else. So we're going to start in Philemon uh, verses 8 and 9. And it says, Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner for Christ Jesus. So we all know who Paul is. Paul is like this amazing like speaker, church planner uh, guy uh, from, from this time who everybody knows all about him. Like he, if, if he didn't start the church you were in, someone that he led to Christ probably did start that church. 
So Paul is this amazing speaker. Everybody knows he led Philemon, uh, Philemon to Christ. We, we had this discussion this week. But I'm from the south, so it's Philemon in the south, not Philemon. So I'll use those interchangeably. Um, but Philemon, he led him to Christ. And now Philemon has started his own church uh, in, in his house. So all these people are coming to his house to, to worship God. And so Paul, Philemon knows who Paul is. Philemon respects Paul. And Philemon would do anything that Paul told him to do. Um, and, and we go back and we look and, and see all these attributes of Paul that makes us know why he, he would do these things. Um, before Paul converted to Christianity, he was a Pharisee. It means he knows Scripture. Uh, the Old Testament, he knows back and forth. He's going to be able to, to come forth and tell you exactly what the Bible says. Um, in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about all the things that he's gone through as he's, he's ministered uh, and, and spread the gospel. He received 40 lashes. There you go, Lewis. Yeah, 40 lashes minus one, five times. He was beaten with rods three times. Um, he was stoned once, and he did all this for Christ. And now he's currently in prison for spreading God's word. So if this is not somebody that like we completely trust and, and would do what they said because he told us to do it and it's what we, would, we should do for our faith, then, I mean, this, this is Paul. This is somebody that he would do that. If Paul told him like to jump, Bill and Mom would say, how high? If he said stop, he'd say hammer time. Um, so so that, is, that is who Paul is. But, and even in Hebrews thirteen seventeen, Paul says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as, though, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be no advantage to you. Thank you. All right. So even Paul has, has said in the past, like, listen, when your leaders tell you to do something, you, you need to listen to them. You need to obey them. They're not telling you to do it for their own selfish gain. They're telling you to do this because they're, they're looking out for your soul. Yet Paul, in these verses, he, he comes to him with, with humility. Uh, he says, listen, I'm an old man. I, I'm a prisoner. I could tell you to, to do whatever it is that, that I wanted to tell you to do. I could say, hey, you've got to forgive this guy. And you would do it. But that's not what I'm going to do. Um, I'm coming to you with humility. So the first thing we need to do is, uh, in order to, to forgive someone, is take the path to humility. That's the first point there in, in your bulletin. Take the path of humility. So in order to truly forgive someone, we must reconsider our perspective of ourselves, uh, the greater world, and what it is that, that we are trying to forgive. We have to look at these things with a much broader perspective. We can't just look at it from our own selfish intent. Um, a lot of times when, when we, we're faced with this issue of whether or not we need to forgive someone, um, we, we don't always want to forgive them. Like, the, we, we want to have this hurt and this pain. And I'm going to take this off just because it keeps falling. My ears must not be as big as Muta's or something. So, All right. Maybe this will be better. I can hold this. Um. So, um, in order for us to truly, uh, truly forgive someone, this, this act's going to uh, require a release of that anger and that hurt and that pain. So, we're going to have to take a step back, look at ourselves, and, and take that, that route of humility and, and humbleness to, to truly and, and forgive somebody. Um, and I don't think you can act, truly accomplish this in, until you've looked at yourself and, and realized that, hey, I'm not perfect either. I've I got to step back and, and realize that 
I, I might have a part in this as well. Um, and one thing that we need to look at is, is Christ's example in, in this. Um, Christ showed us in 2 Corinthians verses eight, or chapter 8, verse 9. He says, for you, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. So in, in this we see, like, Jesus came from heaven to earth to, to be able to make a way for our forgiveness. He took a step of humility in that. Um, he could have came as a king. He could have came as a ruler. He could have came and, and led up this rebellion to take over everything. But he didn't. He came as a, a poor carpenter, Nazarene, uh, in order to, to show us the, the way to forgiveness. Um, and if we don't take that, the, the opposite of, of humility is obviously pride. And that's going to lead us to bitterness, unforgiveness, and resentment, and, and a whole line of other sins. So we, we really have to step back and take that, that place of, of humility. Um, when, when you're forgiving another of a sin committed against you, uh, you have to take a moment, examine ourselves as, as well, and make sure that we understand that our perspective may be askew. Uh, we need to ask ourselves some very important questions. How might I have wronged this person as well in, in this situation? Um, how might our actions have contributed to this situation? And uh, what biases do I have in, in this? What am, what am I looking at to see um, what, what I might have done to, to potentially help um, fuel this, this fire? Um, and so the proud never admit that they may be wrong uh, for their perspective. Um, but the humble, on the other hand, seek uh, to see what Jesus has done for us and, and looks to, to, to give that forgiveness as well. Uh, so moving on to uh, verses 10 and 11, uh, Paul writes, I appeal to you, my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and me. So we know that Paul is under house arrest right now, but Paul is, is still having guests that come and visit him. And these guests, he, he's spreading the gospel to them. And so it's during this time, uh, we read in Acts 28 about, um, Acts 28 verses 30 and 31, uh, it tells us about Paul's imprisonment. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his whole own rented house and received all who came to him preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. So we can assume during this time, this is when Onesimus came to Paul uh, under his house arrest and received Christ. Um, so some interesting things to note here about, about these two verses. Um, Paul brings up, formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and me. One of the things about this is, is actually the meaning of Onesimus's name. So the name Onesimus actually means profitable. So Paul's using a play on words here to say, hey, when he was, when he was a slave to you, when he was working for you, um, Onesimus was profitable. He, he was doing something for you. He, he was worth something to you. Then he ran away, stole from you, and then he became useless. You had no need for, for Onesimus at that point. Um, but now, now since he's accepted Christ, he's once again useful to you. He's useful to me. He's useful to us in, in our mission to lead others to Christ. So um, the conversion of Onesimus had made him profitable. 
uh, and to live up to his name. Um, and conversion does just that. Uh, a com- uh, someone who's converted um, becomes a better person for their self, for their family, for their community. And um, we, uh, as we, we read this and realize about Onesimus and how he went from useless to profitable, this brings us to point number two, which is that we need to believe that God can change people. So um, everyone has a story. Uh, I have a story. Everyone in here has, has a story about how they, they became saved. And through the Bible, we read all about these people who, who have had a story and how God took what they were and changed them to be something new. We read about um, Abraham. Abraham, who was promised to, lead, to, to raise a nation up. Uh, it wasn't happening in his time, so he had an adulterous relationship, had another child, and that was a sin. And God, we see what God did through Abraham. We see about Moses. Moses murdered someone, banished, then came back and led the children of Israel out of Egypt, as God, God instructed him to. You read about David. David was an adulterous murderer as well, and, and David was a man after God's own heart, we read about. So we see all these things, um, and, and then we all have our own story too. And Philemon had his own story as well. Um, we don't really know what his story was, but we know that he was was once uh, unsaved, and then he accepted Christ. So Philemon had that story. But we also know about Paul, who's written this letter. And, and Paul had, had a story. And as Muta likes to say, Paul was the Osama bin Laden for Christians at, at that uh, before his conversion. We're going to read in Acts chapter 7, verses 57 through 60, uh, about, about Paul, and see a little bit about what he did. It says, But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So, this is the first Christian martyr that, that we read about. So Stephen was, was a Christian um, because he was spreading his faith, because he was spreading the gospel. Uh, a group of people came together and decided to stone and kill him. And these people were led by a man named Saul. And, and Saul was like such a bad, like you, you hear about all these stories in the mafia where like, you, you know, the, the, the guy leading the charge never gets his hands dirty. Well, that, that was Saul. Saul was standing there and he's just holding the people's coats as they throw the stones. Just a smug look on his face. Yeah, we got you. Well, we know that Saul was on the road to Damascus. He got a vision, was blinded, um, and ended up becoming Paul. And, and now he's this guy that we were talking about earlier that now is spreading the gospel, who ended up writing over half the New Testament, or right around half the New Testament, um, started all these uh, uh, 14, 15 churches uh, back there in this time. Muta's got some catching up to do. Um, so... Uh, we know that Paul went from that life of someone who was, was out to get Christians to, to now the person that is, is really leading this entire movement. Um, so, uh, and, and Philemon knew that story as well. So Philemon knows what he's saying here and, and that people can change. Um, once again, we all have our own story uh, of how we changed. And so we need to think about that as, as someone comes up to us to, to, uh, to ask for forgiveness that we can't hold it against them and, hey, no, you're, you're going to continue doing this to me. We have to believe that God can change people. 
um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For the sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So all of us who, who have accepted Christ have become a new creation in Christ. So because of your story and you know where you've come from, we also need to consider that when, when someone comes to us to ask for forgiveness. That we, I know that what I was and now what I've become, we also have to look at that for these other people as well. Um, even that person. So, um, Then we also read in Ephesians 2, 12 through 13, um, how, how Paul reminds us of, of that as well. Remember that you were at a time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the converts of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So if, if God was able to change Abraham, if God was able to change Moses, if God was able to change David, Saul, Philemon, and, and yourself, then we have to realize that, that God is, is able to change that person too. E- even that person that, that's hard to love. Um, I know that we all know that person. We all, we all have that person in our life. You know, that, that person that's always still in your parking spot at work. Um, that person that, that cut you off on the way to church this morning that you may or may not have shown them a, not a thumbs up finger, but a different one. Um, those kids that are just so annoying and live down the hall. Um, the, you know, those people, like all those people can change and we, we have to have that, um, that willingness to, to forgive them in our heart. All right, so um, the next point we have is you have to take a step of faith. All right, so you have to take a step of faith. Um, see, Philemon 12 and 14 says, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me, in order that he must serve, in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I preferred to do nothing without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be compulsion, but of your own accord. So once again, we we all know who Paul is. Philemon knew who Paul is, and Philemon really owed Paul his life. Philemon led, or excuse me, Paul led Philemon to Christ. Um, Paul was really the reason why Philemon had this church started in, in his own house. And, and Paul, um, so Philemon knew that, that uh, he, he owed Paul his life. Paul was taking a step of faith here by sending Onesimus back. It says here that he wanted to keep Onesimus with him. That, I mean, we already know that Paul is in, under house arrest. He's not able to leave his house. He's an old man, so he's not able to really take care of himself. 
And so he needs somebody there to, to help serve him, to help um, make, make his everyday a lot easier, um, and, and to help him spread this gospel of Christ. Um, and, and even in here, uh, it, it says he, he wants to keep him to serve on your behalf, talking about Philemon's. So uh, from this, we can assume that Philemon had talked to Paul written letters and said, hey, I wish I could be there with you. I wish I could help you, but I, I got I to gotta take care of my business back here with this church. I can't, I can't leave my flock. That, that's sort of what I'm assuming that he is, is coming from this. So Paul's saying, hey, listen, I got a solution. I want to keep this guy, but I'm not going to do that right now. I don't want to give you any reason to, to have resentment or, or hatred or, or any of those, those things that, that could build up and fester and cause you to slide. I want, I want you to, for, to forgive him of your, your own compulsion, not because I told you to do this. So, um, so what, what was going to happen to Onesimus when he went back? What would Philemon do? Like Paul, Paul's taking this step of faith to send this guy back that he needs with him to serve him. Um, under the Roman law at that time, like Philemon could have had Onesimus killed, and, and no one would have batted an eye. And there's probably a lot of pressure on him from his neighbors and friends to do this because they all own these slaves as well. Um, and, and they didn't want the slaves to be talking, hey, did you, did you hear about Onesimus? Like he, he ran away, met this dude, came back, and then now, now him and Philemon are like buddies, like brothers. Like they didn't want that. They didn't want their slaves to, to have any sort of uprising like that. They needed those people to, there to, to work for them as well. Um, so there was probably a lot of pressure on Philemon to do that. Philemon could have been like, hey, listen, I understand you need him, but I need him here too. He owes me this debt. He, he owes me this, so I'm going to keep him here. He's going to work off my, the debt that he owes me. And then once he's finished, we can, we can see about sending him back to you. He, he could have very easily done that, and, and no one would have said anything about it. Um, but what we, we can assume that Philemon's going to do here, because Paul asked him to do it, and because we know that he would have done whatever Paul asked him to do, is that he is going to completely forgive him and send him back. This is going to take a huge step of faith on his part. He's going to be ostracized by his community. Um, he, he, like I said, he probably needs Philemon there to work for him. He's got all this hatred and, and pain in his heart from this guy that lived in his house, worked for him, ran off, stole his money. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one of those things that's going to be hard for him to overcome. But he's going to have to take a step of faith, um, go back to believe that Onesimus can change. Um, he's going to have to show that humility. That's another uh, act of taking a, a step of faith, and, and before he's able to to uh, to forgive him. So what Paul did here was he, uh, he he's using his wisdom to to help um, help Onesimus or excuse me help Philemon realize that he's got to do this of his own volition. That he's going to have to take the step of faith. That it's got to be on his, on his own, of his own will. All right. And so now we're moving on to to our last point here. Um, Philemon chapter one verses fifteen and sixteen says, "For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bond servant, but more than a bond servant, as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord." So earlier we just talked about, well, what happens when Philemon does forgive him? He, all these other slaves will, will see that Paul's telling him not to, 
not to just forgive him and send him on his way, but now he needs to treat him like a brother because now he is, he is a brother in Christ. Um, so when someone's wronged us, it, it's, it's easy to only see what's right in front of us, to see that hurt, that pain, that anger, um, and, and to, to feel that disappointment. But Paul says here that we must find God's work in the circumstance. So um, as you're, you're looking for, for when someone comes to, to ask for forgiveness, you need to look at it and say, all right, well, how can I grow from this? How can, has this person grown since that time that they've wronged me to now? And we have to look past that hurt, that pain, and try to find out and see what has God done that's, that's really um, changed and, and affected, affected this to, to make it better. Um, there's always going to be difficult circumstances that we're going to go through. And unfortunately, it's going to be nine times out of ten people that are putting us through those, those hurts and those pains. Um, so when difficult times come into our lives, we have to find we have to we find ourselves unable to comprehend or understand, and, and the enemy is going to be quick to draw on that and to just make that hatred and pain and, and despair even deeper. So it's going to be up to you and, and looking to God to find that circum uh, the find uh, the what God's work is in that circumstance. Um, Isaiah fifty five verses eight and nine says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways," declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Um, so. We really have to go to the Lord with the, these issues and, and really um, seek him to help us find this, this reason and, and this, uh, for, for what's happening here. Um, but also we have, to, we have to look at these things and, and realize that when we are having these, these pains and these sufferings and these despairs, um, that uh, in the book of James we, we read, uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So um, we see here through all these things that Paul's sort of providing the, the outline for us on, on how we forgive. We have to find that, uh, we have to take a step back and, and bring humility to ourselves. Um, we have to believe that that person can change. We have to take a step of faith. And we have to um, find God's work in the circumstance. So Paul's given us the, the outline, but Christ gave us the example for that. So as we look back at, at Christ's life, we, we realize that he didn't have to come for us, but, but he did. He came from his home in heaven. As we mentioned earlier, he could have came as a, as a king, as a ruler. He didn't. He came as a humble baby born in a manger. Um, where, where there was not even a place for him to stay in, in, in an inn. Um, so, so he showed us that we have to come from a place of, of humility. Um, there would be no point in all of Christ's coming unless there was hope that we could change. And so we, we have to c- continuously seek that change in, in others and believe that they can change. Um, when... Christ, before he's placed on the cross, we see him in, in the garden. He's asking, Lord, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But he knows that there's only one way to, for, us, for us to receive that forgiveness and that salvation, and that's through him dying on the cross for us. Um, so he, he was looking for that, that, um, uh, that how God was going to work in this circumstance. 
Um, and, and so we really have to look at Christ's example. We follow, we follow Paul's outline here, but we have to look at Christ's example to really seek for, or to really give forgiveness. Um, and one last point that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make out here uh, is that we talked about Onesimus' name. Onesimus' name meant profitable. And so he went from useless to profitable. Um, and that's something that when, when Philemon, Philemon's reading this letter, he, he's going to really pick up that that's what Paul's trying to tell him. Because the name Philemon actually means affectionate um, or one who is kind. And so when, when he's hearing this about how Onesimus went from profitable to useless to profitable, he can't look at that and say, well, if I'm expecting Onesimus to live up to his name of profitable, I'm going to have to live up to my name of affectionate. I'm going to have to go in and forgive this person. So we as Christians really have to look at that too. If we're going to expect other people to live up to a certain standard, we're going to have to show that standard ourselves. And if we're going to bear the name of Christ, then we have to be willing to, to give that same forgiveness that, that Christ gave. So um, I'm going to go ahead and, and lead us in prayer, and then I'll ask, ask Muta to come up here. Um, but as we're praying, I'll just really concentrate on that and, and think about we, we probably all have that person that we're struggling to forgive and, and see how we can apply the, these points to our life to see how we can um, believe that they're going to change, that we can find uh, God's work in the circumstance, um, and that we can take that step of faith. So I'm going to go ahead and lead us in prayer right quick. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and, and give you all the, the praise and glory for what you do in us and, and for us, Lord. And, and Lord, most importantly, we just thank you for the forgiveness that, that you've granted to us. Um, Lord, we know that, that none of us are deserving of that. Um, we know that we fail you every day. But we also know that because of, of that, you've, you've, um, you've changed us and, and you've made us better people for our, for our families, for our communities. Um, and Lord, right now we ask that you would just give us that, that same um, quality in our heart to be able to, to forgive those even when they, they may be undeserving, Lord, that we could just show humility and um, take, a, take a step of faith, um, look for you in those circumstances, and that we would just um, forgive those that, that have hurt us and wronged us, Lord. We love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.